Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Jesus. And we can say truly that all our lives you have been faithful. Lord, that in every circumstance and every situation, you are good. And so, Father, we come before you again this morning asking, Jesus, that as we explore your word, that you would speak to our hearts. God, that you would minister to the circumstances and situations that need your grace and mercy, that require your love. And, Lord, that we may walk out of here today different than when we first arrived. We thank you for that, Jesus, and we pray all these things in your mighty and precious name. Amen. So, have you ever played your own worst enemy in your life? The part of your own worst enemy in your life? Of course, right? Like, all of us at some point in our lives have played the role of the saboteur uh, in our lives. Those circumstances and situations we encounter in life that are the direct result of our own choices, of our own doing. And for me, there's a ton of different stories that I could share about this because I'm Polish, so it kind of comes with the territory that I am my own worst enemy at times. But one in particular stands out. For those of you who don't know, my wife is actually a very accomplished and skilled dancer. Like, she competes in competitions kind of skilled dancer. For those of you who might not know anything about me, I am not. I have two very, very left feet. In fact, somebody told me at one point that I couldn't find a beat in a bucket if my life depended upon it. But my wife didn't know that about me when we first met. And in fact, in my eagerness to impress her, I kind of, sort of, maybe led her to believe otherwise. Because lying to somebody is always a great way to impress them, right? Like, that's always a great way to start things off. I had told her that I was proficient at the country two-step, though, in fact, I had only ever taken a handful of lessons. And to boot, pun intended, I was terrible at it. (laughs) But my slight embellishment of the truth was banking on the fact that Don at the time did not listen to country music and that I didn't run in circles that were part of dance communities. So you can understand when I say I felt pretty safe in telling this uh, fib. I figured wrong. As I'm sure you can imagine, my charade came crashing down around me the night that my lovely wife, then girlfriend at that time, invited me out to a New Year's Eve dance. I thought I was safe, it's a New Year's Eve dance, there's probably no country music, But unbeknownst to me, she knew the owner of the club and specifically lured me into that place for the purpose of doing a country two-step. Y'all, I can't tell you the amount of panic and sheer dread that came over my person as I began to hear those first few twangy notes belting out through the speakers because I knew in that moment I was going to be caught. 
And so as I stumbled and stepped on my wife's toes across the dance floor, I had to sheepishly admit what we both already knew in that moment. I could not, in fact, country two-step. That night I was my own worst enemy. And I'm sure all of us have those look-back-and-laugh stories where we were our own worst enemy. But the truth is, those times when we, were all, when we were our own worst enemy, they're not always funny stories, are they? In fact, if we were honest, I would say that a vast majority of those stories where we've played the saboteur in our lives are probably pretty painful. Maybe it's because we look back and realize that we, it was us who was putting ourselves down. Or perhaps it was because we gave up too easily or we allowed another individual to define our worth. But the hard part about those stories where we have played our, the, our, the, our own worst enemy is the realization oftentimes that we were complicit in 100% of those decisions. Nobody forced us to do it. We made those decisions all on our own. We were our own worst enemy. And I think one of the areas in our life where we routinely play the part of our own worst enemy is our faith, especially as it relates to this series regarding loving our community. Because I have little doubt about this, that anyone here this morning who would profess to be a follower of Jesus would also profess that they have a desire to lavish the love and care in our community the same way Jesus would if he was walking the streets of Slinger today. However, I can also say that I have little doubt, much like many of the other areas in our lives where we are our own worst enemy, that we all, myself included, engage in activities and actions that sabotage our desire to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And here's what I mean by that. For example, we may say or as earnestly desire to fulfill Jesus' command to love our neighbors, but we willingly engage in divisive political rhetoric that divides neighbor against neighbor, friend against friend, and family member against family member. And maybe that's a social media post. Maybe it's a yard in your front sign, in your, uh, sign in your front yard, or perhaps it's even a bumper sticker on the back of your car. But when we choose to engage in this political arenas that push our communities farther apart rather than bringing them together, we are our own worst enemy in those circumstances. Or perhaps as a church or a believer, we would assert our belief in the beauty of God's multi-ethnic community. And yet, on the other side of our lives, we engage in communities with people who only look like I do. And maybe that means we go to neighborhoods. We choose neighborhoods to live in where people look like me. We choose schools for our kids that look like us, or we even worship in churches where everybody has the same skin color that I do. And when we engage in those communities, we're further segregating our communities when we only go to those places and surround ourselves with those people who look like us, talk like us, and think like us. I'm guilty of it too. 
And in those situations, I am my own worst enemy when it comes to loving our community. Or perhaps we have a heart that desires to share of our financial resources with those in our community who are desperately in need, and yet we're so busy trying to keep up with the Joneses that we have no margin in our finances to actually do what our heart desires. Instead of giving our resources to help those in our community, we buy a bigger house, a fancier car, or a larger TV. We help ourselves in lieu of helping others. And in that circumstance, again, we are our own worst enemy when it comes to loving our community. And so my question for us this morning, what I want to invite us to wrestle with is how do we overcome the obstacle of ourselves in order that we might lavish the love of Christ in our city? How can we stop acting as our own worst enemy in order that we might build bridges into our neighborhoods, into our cities, into our communities, instead of burning bridges behind us? And the awesome news for us this morning is that as a Christ follower, God has spoken directly to this very specific issue in his word. In fact, in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul gives us some very practical steps on how we can stop being our own worst enemy and start loving our community. And so if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want to invite you to open those now. We're going to be turning to Romans chapter 12. And I invite us to explore together what it is that Paul has to say about this very important issue of our faith. And so beginning in Romans chapter 12, um, verse 16 through 18, the Apostle Paul writes this. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So one of the things, if you remember a few weeks ago when we were studying the book of Romans, is that the Roman church was divided. They were divided over very simple issues like race and religious tradition. And so the Apostle Paul sends a letter to the Roman church. And what he prescribes for them as the antidote to this self-destruction is harmony. And harmony is one of those weird things in life that we tend to not think a whole lot about unless it's missing. For example, if the worship team was up here this morning and they were off tune or out of harmony we would start to notice it. But not one of us this morning sitting there probably thought to ourselves, wow, they really sound harmonious today. The worship was just amazing, right? And the truth is, is that harmony is both necessary and beautiful, but unless we are a musician, very few of us actually take the time to think about the diligence, the patience, the humility, and the unity that is required by a group of people to come together to pursue the, uh, the harmony in a song. Again, unless it becomes unharmonious. And then in that circumstance, harmony immediately comes to the front of our mind. As every note from every untuned instrument and every out-of-tone singer is immediately magnified. 
And the same is true of the harmony that was required of a group of Christ followers to successfully love our community. Because living in harmony is one of those things that we may not necessarily as a church give much thought to unless we first stop and recognize our own propensity for personal sabotage is severely out of tune with our goal of producing the melodious song of Christ's love in our communities. Because when we act as our own worst enemy, when it comes to loving our community, we are that offbeat drummer. We are that out-of-tune guitar. We are that tone-deaf singer. And here's what I know to be true this morning, is that the reason so many of us this morning, friends, myself included, give little thought to the harmony that exists within the church when it comes to loving our community is because many of us have adopted a Western Christian mindset about our faith that places us in the position of a consumer rather than a participant. In other words, we tend to see ourselves seated in the audience rather than someone who's playing in the orchestra. We see ourselves seated in the audience rather than someone who's playing in the orchestra. And the truth is, is that when we do that, we position ourselves to be able to comfortably criticize any time we see harmony from our position in the audience whenever it suits our needs, instead of actually taking the time in that moment to recognize how our own out-of-tune actions and attitudes are disrupting the harmony of our ability as a church to reach our community. And so when it comes to harmony, Paul says there needs to be a champion who leads that board. We need to championship harmony in our community. It needs to be front of mind in our church that when it comes to loving our community, because if one member is out of tune, it has the power to potentially disrupt the entire song. And so Paul says, live in harmony. So how as a church do we do that? How as a church do we begin to practice practically living in harmony with those here and those outside the four walls of these doors in order that we could maximize the effectiveness of the gospel. Paul gives us some practical steps on what that looks like. And he says that the first step would be that we need to begin with putting off our pride. We need to begin by putting off our pride. In fact, he says in verse 16, do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not uh, be conceited. And the truth is, church, that is that when we live pride-filled lives, we are our own worst enemy, especially when it comes to the issues of loving our community. Because as a church or an individual, whenever we esteem ourselves to be better than someone else, we will disrupt the harmony to live with others in our community. And this word that Paul uses, associate, is such a fascinating word. Because in our modern Christian context, when we hear Paul's ex exhortation to associate with people of low position, most of us tend to think of it as a checklist item. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering. 
for service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world, visit us at mosaicwi.com.